Jacksonville, where no one sleeps deeply. The pillows are bad and the sheets are made cheaply. But there is one family in the Sleepyville town that uses my pillow for the best sleep around. My pillows are adjustable for proper alignment, and the Giza sheets breathe so they feel no confinement. So order my pillow for great sleep refinement. Why are they so chipper? Their co-workers wondered. So much energy and zest, like they've had the best slumber. And when they peeked in the window, the secret was clear. My pillow sheets, pillows, and mattress toppers appeared. My pillow is breathable and lasts more than 10 years. It's washable and dryable and was manufactured right here. Giza cotton is what makes the softest of sheets, and the mattress topper helps support pressure points for deep, dreamy sleep. So click the link below to stop counting sheep. We want my pillow! The citizens of Sleepyville cried, but they didn't realize the family had a surprise inside. They were all given a my pillow to keep. We spent a third of our life snoozing, so let's make it quality sleep. I got towels too. And mine are blue. So welcome to my pillowville where everyone sleeps on the pillows that align and the softest of sheets. With the support of the mattress topper, the people snooze deep and wake up well rested and their deadlines they keep. So if your bed feels like rocks and your sheets feel like Brillo, you need better sleep, which means you need my pillow. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead, click the button. I'm tired of rhyming, so please click it and save me. Please, I can't rhyme anymore. Just click that link. Stop watching this and click the link to get the best sleep of your life. I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. More than hit with a face that was launched to sink, and I seldom feel the bright relief. It's been the worst day since yesterday. If there's one thing I have said is that the dreams I once had now lay in bed as the four winds blow 
my wits through the door. It's been the worst day since yesterday. Falling down to you, sweet ground, when the flowers they blow. Well, it's there I'll be found. Hurry back to me, my wild calling. It's been the worst day since yesterday. Welcome back, fuckers, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my much better beloved, better looking, better half. Hey, Lynn. Hello, Patriots. So, uh, sorry we're late tonight. Uh, had some issues that we had to get through, like dinner <laughs> Mick, issues. Mick almost had another stroke. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, kind of losing my mind. Children anyway. are frustrating, but um, this this one's mine. I'm, I'm doing this intro because I can't even tell you how excited I am. Uh, just one minute. So that song, obviously, um, <laughs> should be played almost every day of this administration, as far as I'm concerned, yep. because it is the worst day since yesterday. And it is kind of our lead up to St. Patrick's Day and our preview of what is to come. Obviously, my favorite holiday of the year. Um, well, <laughs> Being Irish and actually, it, it is my it is, favorite holiday. It it's like holiday. my Christmas, uh, birthday, uh, you Mick name it. did not complain when I decided to one. move to Savannah, for sure. So uh, either way, it is our lead up to that. So we are going to be playing a couple more Irish tunes between now and then. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will uh, we'll vary it up. We'll make it interesting. Yeah. You'll see. Uh, either way, tonight. Okay, so... For our longtime listeners, you guys know that COVID and the jab is my wheelhouse. And the guest that we have on tonight was honestly a huge inspiration for me. Um, I started listening to his podcast 
Oh, right at the beginning of all this. Uh, he does a podcast with Dr. Tenpenny as well. So uh, Critically Thinking with Dr. T and Dr. P. And this is Dr. P. So um, I, Dr. Pavleski, he's actually a licensed pediatrician uh, in New York. And he utilizes a holistic approach to children's wellness and illness. He got his degree from the NYU School of Medicine, did his res residency at Mount Sinai. So for all of you from New York, as we are, uh, you know, those are big name schools. Um, so let's see, served as a pediatric fellow in ambu ambulatory care outpatient department at Bellevue Hospital. And since 1991, he's been working in pediatric emergency, intensive care medicine, inpatient, outpatient pediatric medicine, neonatal intensive care medicine, newborn and delivery room medicine, and conventional, holistic, and integrative pediatric private practice. Um, so I, I love Dr. Pavleski, uh, Dr. P., and I'm so excited and honored that he agreed to come on the show tonight because um, he he often gets into the woo in his podcast, and I love that. So I'm really excited to, to dig into it. So uh, without further ado, welcome the, to the show. The Dr. P of the Dr. T and P show. <laughs> Hi. Hi, guys. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. So first question before we get into the medical stuff, because I know you're a big baseball fan. Uh, Mick is from the Bronx and I'm from Queens. So Yankees or Mets? Oh, wow. Okay. So <laughs> I up Just so you're aware, we are a house divided. <laughs> yes. The subway okay, series right. are rough right. in our house. <laughs> um, I, I, I grew up going to Shea Stadium every single time that I could. I was a big Mets fan. I saw the World Series in 69. You got to believe Tug McGraw. You know, what a great series. I can probably go base by base to tell you who played what position. You know, Jerry Jerry Grody, Ed Charles, you know, Crane Poole, Cleon Jones, Tommy Agee, Ron Swoboda. Great team. Great, great team. Al Weiss. Mm -hmm. And See, then I when I was about 12, 13, 14, our parents, because I grew up with about seven guys that were just hanging out together. About 13 or 14, our parents allowed us to go to the Bronx from Queens. It was a bus and two trains, or maybe three trains. And we were allowed to go to Yankee Stadium. And we got hooked. Yankee Stadium in the early to mid-70s was the bomb. I mean, I mean, you stood up in the top, top bleachers. And you saw and heard everything. And we got really hooked. And this was right before, right at the time that Steinbrenner bought the team. Mm -hmm. 73, 74, 74. Yep. Right. And we became huge Yankee fans. And of course, what happened? 76, they went to the World Series and got mopped by the Cincinnati Reds. Yep. And 77 and 78, they won the World Series. So I, I didn't lose allegiance to the Mets. I've always been a Mets fan by child, but you know, I'm a tried and true Yankee fan, but will root for the Mets. But as a good baseball fan should be, I will criticize the hell out of both teams because as a fan, you gotta be able to call them on the carpet for the nonsense that they pull. And uh, I will say that I've gotten less and less interested in baseball because it's no longer baseball. Yeah. I miss 
I miss hit and run. I miss fielder's choice. I miss, I miss steals. I miss sacrifice bunts. I miss the game of baseball. Players don't know how to uh, run the bases anymore. Uh, they either hit a home run or strike out. The game takes too long. You go to a stadium and the music is loud all game long. You can't just sit back and relax. They're stimulating you over and over again. Look here, look here, do this, do this. You can't just sit and hang out. It costs about $30 to buy a glass of water. I mean, it's just, it's just not a fun experience anymore. And now with what they're doing with the uh, collective bargaining agreement, man, they deserve each other. They really <laughs> deserve each other. I got to agree because when they went woke, even at Yankee Stadium, uh, I watched uh, the first game of last season and the home game, the first home game the Yankees did. We get the, uh, uh, what is it? The, uh, any, what is it? The Yankees network. Yes. Network down here. Yeah. Uh, we have, we pay extra for it just so I can watch Yankee games. Um, and, uh, they opened it up last season with the whole woke thing. And I turned it off and I canceled my subscription to yes, because, uh, I'm not going to sit through that crap. I'm not going to watch it. Right. Uh, I don't, that I, if I wanted to go to sports to hear about politics, um, I definitely wouldn't go to the Yankees for it because <laughs> they got some retards on that team that I just, look, sorry, I go. can't, can't abide by go. that. So, uh, it's the same way with pro football. Um, and pretty much any other sport that does that, I, I have no tolerance, nor do I have any time to dedicate to a sport in which, hey, if you're going to take a knee for the American flag when they're playing the national anthem, I'm sorry, I, I can't, I can't watch it. Not going to have anything to do with you. So, uh, say, well, I, I will say that um, uh, I have a very close childhood friend who has season tickets to the uh, Mets, and so I've been going to games with him over the last couple of years. And last year he asked me to go and I said, nope. He said, why not? I said, because I ain't getting a shot just to be given permission to walk into a building. Uh, and and I, can, I can either not watch the game at all, or I can see snippets of it on ESPN uh, tapes, or I can, you know, watch it on TV. So I got, I got a really good friend who has been a re diehard Red Sox fan. No. Since Carlton Fisk played Red Sox suck. Go ahead. I agree. Yes. I agree. I agree. But to show you that this is not, this crosses all boundaries. Okay. Um, and I'm, I hate the Red Sox. Come on. I'm a Yankees fan. We despise the Red Sox. However, he is, he's a big Red Sox fan. He has season tickets. Okay. He has been a Red Sox fan since Carlton Fisk and all of that ever since uh, the great bobble in between the legs against the Bill Mets. Buckner. Bill Buckner. Yep. Um, all of that. He has not been to a game. He maintains his season tickets. He pays for them, which I was like, why are you even paying for them? I was like, dude, what are you, an idiot? I was like, you're wasting money. He's like, yeah, well, just in case this woke shit goes away, I kind of want to sit around and just wait because if it goes away, I will go back and watch baseball. However, right now I'm not going because he didn't want to get it a jab. He would not. Uh, he doesn't. He does the same thing with the woke crap that I do. And he did not want to deal with the questions and the passport that was required in Boston Correct. to go to a Red Sox game. Correct. And I was like, I'm still confused as to why you're holding on to the tickets, dude. You might as well sell them and make a couple million dollars just saying. Well, 
you know, I, I also wouldn't want to go to the game because I don't want to watch a star athlete collapse uh, from a blood clot to the brain in the middle of the field and uh, die. Yes. Not my interest. Uh, nope. I it, it's happening all over the world. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, I liked the New York Nets when Dr. J was, you know, the star. And, um, you know, over the years, I became less interested and less, you know, following it. But when Kyrie Irving, you know, came out and said, uh, hell no. And, you know, I listened to sports radio. I listened to Sirius. I listened to the fan. And you hear all these experts. Why can't he just get the jab? You know, if he would just get the jab and just get the jab. So, no, no, not just get the jab. This is not a vaccine. It's never been a vaccine. It's never been about a vaccine. It's not going to protect you from any infection. And in fact, it's going to poison you and potentially kill you uh, or permanently damage you. And, you know, if you're if you're of any mindset that you can think things through yourself, not only is it obvious of what I just said, but the manufacturers tell you this information. Just what I listed. They're not secretive about what this jab is about. They're not secretive. The CDC is hiding all the data, the news media hiding all the data. But for those of us who are searching and looking and watching and thinking and listening, it's right in front of us. It's right there. Over 300 FIFA athletes dead, collapsing on the field. Nothing's wrong. Nobody's curious as to what's going on. When scientists are saying, you know, star athletes seem to be at greater risk because of the materials that are in the shot that are potentially causing sudden death, rupture of the blood vessels, myocarditis, sudden death. Nope, nothing going on here. Doctors turning their heads, babies dying, miscarriages, stillbirths, newborns being born with blood clots, strokes. Nope, nothing happened here. People with cancer, raging cancers coming back after getting the shots, new cancers on the rise, neurological developments, Guillain-Barre, multiple sclerosis. Nope, nothing happening here. And it's right there. It's just a matter of whether we can take our heads out of our asses and stop idolizing these false gods called government and then the three-letter agencies and the three-letter names of the mainstream media. Uh, it's right I thought, there. I thought you were going to say science, but... Um, because, <laughs> Otherwise known as Dr. Science? That's science? my point. Where There's is this? No science. I no haven't science. seen any science. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm... I'm so, okay, you, you really, you encompassed a lot there. Um, and someone who has not listened to you uh, as much as my wife has. Um, <laughs> well, hold on. So before, before he gets rolling, I, I got to tell you, Dr. P, um, I listened to you in, it would have been December of, when, when did it roll out? 2020, 2021? Yeah, it was December, 2020. 20, December, 2020. Um, I was listening to y'all's podcast 
And, uh, and I, I, even though I'm from New York, I naturally said, y'all, that's why I had to move to Georgia. Okay. Cause I fit in a lot better down here. So, um, but, uh, she's a fake Southerner <laughs> better than she is a fake AP. That's Isn't exactly that true. Yes. Uh, so I was listening to y'all's podcast and, um, and I really, I was really getting interested in what was going on with the jab and I was kind of holding on to it. We hadn't, mm, we, we just started our podcast and this one comes home and he says, uh, I got the jab today. And I said, you did what? I li- I was just listening to these doctors. You're going to die. Do you understand that? You're going to die. And he said, okay, well, the army stuck literally everything into me uh, ever. So if I haven't died by now, I'm, you know, uh, it, I had already had COVID. I was sick for six weeks. Like it was the worst sickness I'd ever had. Like I got hit by a truck. I had 104 degree fever. It was horrible. And you know, he's a big baby. He didn't want to get sick. So he thought this was really before anything had come out. He thought, well, Hey, they, I mean, it can't be that bad. Right. So so no, I had never, I never got sick from it. So I was like, he didn't get sick from it. And mind you, at the time I was an EMT and a firefighter. So I knew I was going to come into contact with people with other crap than just that. I was a little worried as to what could come from that. So I said, you know what? Okay, I'll go get it. Uh, I got the first and second shot. Of course, I got the first and second shot in December of 2020 and January of 2020. Yep. Now, or 2021. Uh, Now, mind you. We've uh, discovered so much since then. We found out that they started adding graphene oxide and all sorts of other little. Whatever their trade secret ingredients are. Hinky stuff on February 3rd. Yeah. So I never had any of that stuff in my injection from what I know. Uh, and now I've also been told by other doctors that there was a possibility that I got just a placebo because I had my blood drawn in July of 2021 and in the blood draw in July of 2021, it was done by some military doctors that unfortunately I can't relieve reveal their names here. Um, but basically they were working. One of the doctors believed that anthrax counteracts the jab. It kills the jab before it can even enter your bloodstream or do any any harm to you. It kills the jab. Uh, anthrax, obviously, you know about anthrax and what anthrax is. Um, and I have both shots of anthrax, the first and the second. And um, a third as well. Well, I have the third booster, but that was stupid. Um, I never got sick from that one. The first two I was horribly ill from. Um, the So he was thinking that anthrax was killing the jab. And he was, he's been doing his own kind of study under the table without a whole lot of people. He's got a hematologist on staff. He's got himself and a couple other doctors. And, um, he called me the day after I flew up uh, because I flew up to DC because we were going to Jamaica and I had to go get my passport redone because my passport expired. It was great, big, long deal. Anyway, got up there. He took my blood. He's a Navy doctor, of course, too. And he's like, Hey, come out to my car. And I was like, Whoa, doc. I was in the army. We don't roll that way. We get paid first. And uh, anyway, it was a big, it's a big thing going on between me and him. Anyway, he uh, drew my blood the next afternoon as I'm about to board my flight to go to Jamaica. He tells me, oh, hey, by the way, you have zero spike proteins in your bloodstream and your blood looks fine. And you have nothing else wrong with you. I said, well, is that good news or bad news? He said, well, there's a couple different possibilities. He said, you either got a placebo, he said, which is uh, kind of the way I'm leaning right now. He said, or anthrax killed it immediately and it never made it actually into your body to reproduce. He said, and the third possibility is uh, 
which is would be odd, you have a natural immunity to this vaccine. I said, well, which one do you want to tell me that? And I'll go with it. He's like, I believe you got a placebo. I said, okay. So since then, I have paid a little bit more attention, especially when I was working, um, that at work, I was paying attention to like the people that I was treating. One of the things I noticed really quickly is there was a lot of people who would walk outside their house. Meanwhile, their loved ones inside dying. They would show me their vaccine card. I said, great. Thank you for letting me know that you're going to die next. But we go inside and uh, for instance, you know, what you, I, I'm sure you know what an IO is. Okay. What color should be the blood coming out of an IO? Uh, what's IO? IO, where we drill into your bone to hook you up to an IV. Oh, intraosseous. Okay. Yes. It should be red. Should be red. Okay. So if black blood comes out, is that a problem? Uh, I would say uh, yes. Okay. So I, I have seen that in a fully vaccinated, boosted person. Uh, we went, they were in cardiac arrest. Uh, we were doing CPR. By the time the paramedic got there, they were like, hey, uh, we need to start an IO, try to start pushing some fluids so I can start pushing meds. And so he's like, drill into the arm. I did it in the shoulder. Um, nothing. I got no blood in the shoulder. Went into the shin. In the shin, which is normally a bigger bone, has a little bit more blood flowing through it. Uh, hit the shin, got a got a little blood, and it was black. And I was, was like, clotted. hey. It was yes, clotted. Probably. I was like, hey, is this supposed to look like this? The paramedic looked at me and goes, no. Go to the other shin. Went to the other shin. Same thing couldn't believe what I was seeing. I mean, it almost, um, it reminded me of like, um, tar. That's what it looked like. Cause it didn't That's pulse out. It was oozing. And I was like, what the freak? And she was just like, screw it. I'm going to pump it anyway, because we don't have a whole lot much more time left. So she started intravenously pumping drugs and whatnot, trying to get adrenaline and whatnot into the system. And yeah, well, long story short, the patient didn't make it, but oh. it was the whole point that I saw that. And that wasn't the first time I've seen that up to six times now in people that came out and showed me their card that said they were triple vaxxed. And I was like, this is, there's, got to be something to this. Yeah. And I've asked every paramedic who's a very good friend of mine. I said, you have got to start reporting this because that's not right. Blood's not supposed to look that way, nor is anything else for that matter. And, uh, she was like, I will. And she put it in her report. Uh, who knows what the hell happened? It doesn't it. go anywhere. No one cares. Uh, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, the, uh, embalmers were finding the same thing. Yep. I saw it's that with a stringy, uh, yeah. with what do they call it? Like uh, the, the almost rubbery yes. blood clots coming yeah. out. Yeah. That's, that's some craziness. So being in New York, Dr. P I'm sure it's, um, it's a, it's a lot crazier up there than it is down here for sure. Um, and I know you have a, an active pediatric practice. Um, are, are any of your kids have any of your kids gotten jabbed? Are you, are you seeing issues with them? Um, well, none of the kids that who come to me, for regular pediatric care have gotten the shot that I know of. There are a couple of kids who came to me for other reasons, for health issues, who wanted, you know, my advice, my consultation. And I found out that, that they had gotten the shot, but there were very few. There weren't many that I've come across. Is there any, um, have you noticed Okay, over your time, since you are obviously, how long have you been a doctor? How long have you been practicing? 
Roughly, I graduated yeah. medical school in 1987. That's 35 years. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. So over your time since this started, uh, what has been your impression of the people that you've treated uh, just in a generalization, because obviously I know you can't get into the specifics because then it's HIPAA violations and all this other crap. But in general, over the time since this vaccine has started, what are some of the bigger symptoms that you've noticed that have kept coming up, especially amongst the vaccinated people that you've seen? Well, actually, it's I have not seen a whole lot of children who got the shot, but I've seen, I've seen a number of children who have not gotten the shot, who were exposed to friends, relatives who had gotten the shot. And that's where I've seen some of the problems, uh, such as changes in menstrual cycles, loss of menstrual cycle, uh, fevers, body aches, um, flu-like symptoms. Uh, that's most of what I've seen. I, I did see a baby, uh, a new two-month-old, whose mother had gotten the two shots before finding out that she was pregnant. And um, the child had pituitary dysfunction and um, was also low tone when I saw the baby at two months. And what was disturbing me is that the, the pediatrician who had seen the kid and the neurologist who had seen the kid didn't say anything about the child's low tone uh, the child also had um, something called nystagmus, which means that the eyes were twitching back and forth. And the pediatrician did not say anything to the parents, nor did the uh, pediatrician uh, have any concern that the child uh, could or could not see or whether there were seizures happening in the child. So low tone, pituitary dysfunction, and um, the baby had had increased uh, fluid on the brain, which uh, the baby was operated on at four days of age. So that was the closest uh, scenario that, that had, I've seen that uh, I had a suspicion that it was related to the mother getting the shot uh, very early on in pregnancy because of the parts of the brain that were most affected. That, that, that tells me, you know, the pituitary gland is very early on in development. And um, I mean, the kid, the kid needed medical support because part of the brain was not functioning properly. And the fact that there was low tone and the fact that there was nystagmus tells me that the motor system, the, the part of the brain called the cerebellum that controls ocular movements, you know, eye muscle movements, uh, tone, coordination, uh, balance, strength, that was also uh, probably affected in utero. And uh, the child still, I, I wonder who's practicing medicine anymore because how do you behave as a pediatrician and not see that this child was motor delayed and had nystagmus and not refer the child to uh, an ophthalmologist and a neurologist? Not only, not only that, because like right below there is the corpus callosum, and that controls your left and right side functions of your body. And the nystag—that's a neurological issue. It is an electronic issue, nystagmus, because it affects your eyes. It makes your eyes move back and forth at a very rapid pace, right. where your eyes don't slow down. Um, and I've seen that in kids, uh, but normally they're also born with another defect. There's something else that kind of. Um, 
uh, I don't know, maybe the kid was dropped when he was very, very, very no. young. <laughs> no, but this kid, this the, the the ocular movements, the eye muscles are directed from the cerebellum. And the cerebellum is the part of the hindbrain that is the most rapidly developing once the baby's born, but is also one of the most dominant parts of the brain and some of the most er, the earliest parts of the brain to develop in utero. So this this was a direct, uh, probably a direct hit from the mother getting the shot. It, it would it would my guess if I had to guess because uh, I haven't seen the kid since that visit. My guess is that the the baby suffered an infarct or a clot uh, in utero, and whatever injury happened happened, and then the brain kept developing from there. But that's that's the closest thing that I've seen to a kid who might have been exposed directly to a shot. That's that's so scary. I mean, they're coming after our kids. It's it's just horrible. Um, but now they're trying to normalize strokes and heart attacks in children, which is so insane. So before all of this insanity started, Dr. P, did you ever see a kid? I mean, how normal is it for a kid to have a stroke or a heart attack or, or, you know, these things that they're saying are, we should expect and we should prepare for and right. learn the signs. So, so I worked in emergency medicine and intensive care medicine for nine years. I don't think I ever admitted a kid who had a heart attack or a stroke uh, for any significant reason. I, I don't remember it being uh, a common occurrence in pediatrics. And now what you see is buses with signs that talk about, you know, strokes and normalizing that strokes happen in kids. And, you know, kids get heart attacks all the time. And myocarditis, uh, inflammation of the heart, heart injury is normal in teenage boys. And you know, you, you saw a, a report that showed that there's a 13,000% increase in myocarditis in boys between the ages of 12 to 15 who get this shot. And somehow you still have pediatricians who are saying, yeah, you got to get the shot. You got to get the shot. But what, what sounds even more absurd is the way that the American Academy of Pediatrics and the CDC is normalizing uh, developmental delays. So they're, they're now saying that crawling is no longer a milestone to look for. And you know, you mentioned the corpus callosum. I mean, how important is the cross patterns of brain development for the forward development of proper brain function? I mean, you need. Can I actually answer that for you? Yeah, because we're, we're very familiar. I am very familiar with this because Nick, that Nick was the a, part of my brain that was really effed up ho, after ho, uh, uh, a bunch of injuries. Anyway, long story short, Nick the had left an, to a, right. He had an AVM in his corpus callosum and they did an embolization and a craniotomy to remove it. And he was 32 at the time. And it took us years. I mean, it literally took me years to get him back to being where he is now my my right leg i still have absolutely no feeling mid hip down to my toes cannot feel a thing wow and i mean i still can it still moves it still operates it does what it's supposed to but i am deadly i have i am so scared if i get a cut 
I look like a little woman. I'm over there pouring hydrogen <laughs> peroxide because I would never feel gangrene. I would never feel wow. any of that until it wow. was too late. In fact, his neurosurgical team um, consulted with your friend, Dr. Merritt, on his case some 15 years ago because after his craniotomy, he also blew three discs in his neck. He blew two uh, first and one of them shattered and a piece of the disc pierced his radial nerve in his arm. And they consulted Dr. Merritt to uh, to figure out what was wrong with him and, and get it out. And um, that was I mean, the pain that he was in was incredible wow. at the time. Wow. So, I mean, he's he's gone through some some crazy stuff. I cannot imagine a child having that type having of to a deal problem. with it. Just imagine trying to it. crawl because you're right knee moves with your left hand, your right hand moves with your left knee. I mean, that would just, that I, it took me so learn just so long just to learn how to walk again, let alone to learn that my foot was actually touching the ground and don't, don't talk to me about this one because (laughs) she used to hand me empty boxes and then send me around the house with an empty box and I'd fall flat on my face because the second I couldn't see my foot again, I was right into the box and sure. it was hysterical, but <laughs> it was very funny. at least you fell in the box and not on the floor. Well, <laughs> no, but what, what, what I, what, that's an amazing story. I mean, one of the most important aspects of child development is crawling. I mean, when, when we see children with motor delays and we see that crawling was missed in their neuromuscular development, we're concerned. And when you see other kids with neuromuscular delays, part of their therapy is actually to go back and redo infant motor planning, which means taking things and crossing them past the midline, right? At six months, you see a kid grab something, brings it to the mouth, and then passes it to the other hand, which then brings it to the mouth or drops it or throws it. The crossing right, left, um, neurological, de- neuro, uh, neurological development is so vital for so many higher brain functions, including speech, which is based on a motor developmental platform, that for any pediatrician to okay that crawling is no longer a milestone, they should lose their board certification, let alone their license. And then when you start to say that, well, it's okay if you barely talk at two, now you can say very few words at two. When I was training in the dark ages, before we had one in five children with neurodevelopmental disabilities, you had 50 words at 18 months, over a hundred words at two years with two word phrases. And now they're normalizing a delay so that more kids who are abnormal can be normal. And now when you see kids walking at 10 months to 14 months, now we're saying, no, 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 no. You you don't have to walk till you're 15 months or beyond 18 months. I'm like, what, what, we're just forgetting history. And you have all these parroting pediatricians who are saying, yeah, that's what the CDC says. So if you're not walking by 18 months, that's normal. So they're normalizing delay, which means there are fewer kids that they actually have to get therapy for. And so parents will step back and say, no, my kid's 17 and not months and not walking and not talking. My pediatrician said it's normal. 
And you go back 40 years and you tell that to a pediatrician and they would say some really choice words. Laugh you out of the room because when I went to the National Rehabilitative Medical Hospital, the where the VA sends you, it's a national, what I don't freaking, I don't know. It's basically Whatever. where I went to see uh, uh, Gunschlavich. Uh, she was the uh, Nazi that was put in charge of my care after I was released from the hospital. Because um, <laughs> that's what I considered her because okay. everything she did to me was She was painful. brutal. <laughs> um, but but one of the things that the first things that like they did was I was sitting in a wheelchair and mind you, I still couldn't talk. That was the biggest disconnect my brain had with my mouth. I just could not. I was talking in my head. But my mouth wasn't moving. Nothing was coming out. It was coming. And when it did start to come out, it sounded like. And, you know, unless you're a boomhauer, you have absolutely no idea what I'm saying. Uh, but the first thing they ever did with me was they took a tennis ball and they put it in my left hand. And then they said, put it in your right hand. And I drop it on the floor because my right my still my left and right wasn't crossing over. Correct. And then eventually it got to going to the left. And then they said, pick it up and put it by your face. And then they would tell you to put it back down. And you would, I would do this for days and it, oh, it drove me nuts. And then it's when they started to have me like walk. Actually, then it started me walking. I actually started crawling before I did anything. The first thing they did was they had me on all fours in the rehab clinic and I was crawling along the floor and I, I, I'll never forget it because I was like, man, I feel like it. And I couldn't say, I couldn't voice it, but I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, I'm a freaking retard. Look at me. I'm out here crawling. What the hell's wrong with me? No, what the hell's right with you? When they (laughs) stood me up, when they stood me up, that's when I realized that there was still a huge problem because when they stood me up, everything went sideways and I went right over, right on my keister. I was out. See, see, the thing is, I mean, the brain develops from the back forward, from the right to the left, and from the left to the right. So there's cross-patterning. There's lattice structures of brain development that are happening. I mean, if you look at a one-month-old, their arms are here. You look at a two-month-old, their arms might be here. You look at a three-month-old, and their arms start to come center because the brain is developing forward, and cross patterning, which is why it's so great at six months when they grab something and they bring it to the mouth and then change it to the other hand, bring it to the mouth or then drop it, which then sets the stage for the creeping and then the crawling. I mean, that is so important for forward brain development and right, left, left, right brain development. And I'm I mean, how do you just dismiss crawling as a, as a milestone? It just shows you that there's a concerted effort to take pediatric development and throw it out the window in order to create a narrative that allows people to be okay with disabled kids. And, you know, already one in five children in our country have neurodevelopmental disabilities. And one in 44 have autism. And here we are in 2022, one in 44 with autism. In 1980, it was one in 10,000. Now we're not magically better at diagnosing autism as some experts would try to say, because they wanna find a way to normalize this 
this uh, problem. If we were better at normalizing, uh, at, uh, at diagnosing autism, we should see a lot of really autistic adults 40 years later, which we don't see, although some might argue with that, but I'm going to digress and then go forward. Um, but, you know, there's this, there's this already damaged uh, assessment of what's normal. And we're just creating uh, disabled, developmentally uh, def behind kids as normal. And yet I've been working with children who are who have not gotten shots at all of any kind for over 23 years. I'll tell you, you rarely see neuromuscular developmental delays in these children. Rarely. And yet we have pediatricians all over the place who just, you know, look up at the sky and, oh, it's a nice day. When I ask them, hey, tell me, do vaccine ingredients ever get into the brain? And of course, they change the subject. They walk away. They call me a name. They just don't have an answer. And the answer is, yes, they do. And they inflame the brain and they damage the brain. And anything that gets into the brain has never been studied on injection. So we don't even know by study, but yet all you have to do is open up the package insert, read the names of the ingredients, go look up the biological properties of the ingredients, and say, wait a second, these can enter the brain. If they don't belong in the brain, can they inflame the brain? Yes. What's the basis for one in five children having neurodevelopmental delays? Brain inflammation. But, but uh, Doc, we, we can't do that because we can't even get the packet insert for what's in the drug. We just got it. Well, this we, is the COVID vaccine. This is the COVID. I'm yes. talking about the whole... Yeah. So the whole yeah, okay. We we did a great interview with uh, Dr. Paul Thomas yes. out in Washington State. I'm sure you're familiar with his work. He's in Oregon. Um, Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. Oregon. That's right. Um, and uh, yeah, and and we we talked a lot about that. We have a we have two boys. We have a 15 year old and a 10 year old. And our 15 year old, um, well, two things. First off, he didn't say anything until he was four years old. Mm. Um, he would speak in sign language. They taught him sign language in daycare because that was the only way they would communicate with him. Not that he didn't know how to speak. He chose not to. And when he started speaking at four, he started speaking in full sentences. Hmm. Um, he later told me that, and just recently, just in the past year, he told me that he actually didn't think that I was his mom. He didn't know who I was because every night he dreamt about uh, an Indian woman that was his mother. Hmm. So that that's a whole different thing. Hmm. Um, so it took him a while to figure out that, uh, that in, in, in this life, in this time, I, I was his mom and, um, and he could talk to me. So at four, he did that. And our children don't have a lot of vaccines because I have a, we have a family allergy, uh, to thimerosal. We lost a lot of babies to the tetanus shot in our, uh, when it first came out. So there's, there's been a, a family, family lore, if you will, pass it down. Don't take vaccines. Just don't, don't take them. Um, so we have very few, but unfortunately the, the few that our kids did take, uh, our older son was diagnosed with ADHD when he was eight 
or nine. Um, and uh, and he's now he's he's a lot better now. I mean, he's still annoying. He's 15. But other than that, you know, he's he's not in, on any medication anymore. And and we worked with him for a long time. But when he didn't speak until he was four, I mean, his the pediatrician was freaking out. You know, they were like, no, he he should be speaking. You need to bring him to a speech therapist and he needs to go to this doctor and this doctor and this doctor. And I'm like, look, he's smart. He can speak in, in sign language. He knows these words. He's choosing not to speak. So, you know, he'll he'll do it in his own time. And he did. But now these kids, I yeah. just, I, I, was I home can't from, imagine. I was home from leave and this is his first sentence. You can't fucking do that. And I was like. <laughs> he was repeating what came out of his dad's mouth because right. dad, he could speak. I was like, yes. great. He's your son. Yes. So the rest of the week we were in North Carolina. The rest of the week he's he's going around. I was like, son, I didn't say that. I said truck. So every, the rest of the week he's going around. Truck you. Yeah, you shouldn't have trucking done that. And I'm like, mother trucker. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I have a question for you. Yeah. What did you mean by woo? So all right. That's a great question. I'm wearing this shirt for you, actually. It says, um, your energy is the only thing you own. What are you going to do with it today? Yeah. A couple months ago, I was listening to your show and you started talking about how um, people's personal energy uh, and how they they use so social distancing to disrupt that energy communication between people. Right. And you only touched on it for a moment and it really caught my interest. And I was like, that's, that's so true because every cell in our body emits a tiny little bit of light, right? We are energy. That's, that's what we're made up of. And when you're close to someone within a certain distance of someone, you are communicating with them on an, on an energetic level, on a genetic right. level, whether or not you're actually speaking to them. And when you separate people, you're distancing them more than just, socially um you're it's like you're distancing right. them genetically um so and i i always like how how you guys all five of you especially in the five docs and by the way people are uh, screaming because the last five docs episode has not prop uh not come up on your rumble feed so everyone's freaking out by the way um but uh you know you you guys don't beat around the bush everyone else is always like well, you know, it's just incompetence. They, they didn't mean to do this. And, and, and y'all are like, no, I mean, just the fact that they are normalizing strokes and heart attacks in children tells you that this is planned. This is by design. They are getting in front of it. If they don't know it's going to happen, how could they get in front of it? They would be reactive instead right. of proactive. Well, you know, in June of 2021, the FDA approved a, a, a drug that would help uh, reduce clotting in the kids. Like, why would they all of a sudden have a drug that reduced clotting in kids? Why, why were they expecting to see more blood clotting in kids? Almost but as I if do, they knew it, knew it was coming. Of course they knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to speak to the energy uh, for a second because you know, we, we, we see medicine and the, and the body as a two-dimensional object. Uh, it's black and white. It's up and down. It's right and left. It's top and bottom. But we forget that there's energy emitting from our bodies all the time. I mean, you don't have to be a brain surgeon to figure that out. You take an EKG, you do an EEG, and you know that there's electrical energy coming off the body. 
And you know that when you walk into a room, you just see people or feel people right away. And you know, I'm not talking to those people. I'm not interested in those people, but those people look curious to me. When you get on a bus and you go to sit down, you know, before you round that turn, just about at that moment where you're not going to sit, right? We forget that we are always in an energetic relationship between us and others. And sometimes there's synchronization of that energy. And sometimes there's asynchrony of that energy. You know that you can look at somebody one day and that person yawns and you'll yawn. And you'll know that there are other days you'll look at that person who'll yawn. And no matter how tired you are, you still won't yawn. You know that there are anybody who's in a couple or anybody who lives in a house with people, you know that there are just certain days you just don't want those people around you. Other days you invite them in. We are energetic beings and the microorganisms in our body and on our body are also engaged in an energetic relationship with the other microorganisms in the environment and in other people. And so this is not rocket science. I mean, as a woman, you know the stories of what happens when women live in a dorm or they work in an office together or they live in a house together. And within a month or two, they're menstruating at the same time. Yep. We and, also you know, crazy. Right. I mean, there's no period that pops out of one woman's body and passes to the others as a contagion. No, <laughs> there's a bioenergetic field that synchronizes amongst the women. And so we have to remember that we're not the only entities in that energetic field. The microorganisms are in that field as well. They're interacting in an energetic field in our body and in people around us. And so we're, I don't consider that woo, but I mean, if you want to go woo, I'll, I'll go a little further, but- Please we, do. No, I mean, we, we, are, we are missing out on understanding a whole other level of relationship that's going on without our cognitive brain operating. So actually, actually, I think you're onto something. And um, I hate to say this, but you're going to have to talk to the federal government about this because <laughs> there is uh, in the military. Uh, I hate we, to say this, but we don't have a federal government. Yeah, I know. I know that. That's a good point. Good point. <laughs> Especially because right now we're in we're in charge by this guy. We have a corporate corporatocracy. It just yeah. shut down. But um, we have this saying, especially in the army, um, and we called it the thousand by a thousand meter rule. If you're within a thousand meter grid square, thousand by a thousand meters, right? Uh, no matter where you hide, no matter what you do, no matter where you end up they're going to walk upon you. And it is the natural attraction between human beings for that to take place. It doesn't matter. You could be like, I remember hiding in the thickest, densest, nastiest crap that no human being would ever want to walk through. And I hid there because I was like, nobody's coming through this place. Sure enough, within one day, we had somebody within 200 meters of our position and I could see them. 
They couldn't see me, but I could see them. Mm -hmm. And I thought for sure we were done. We kept our mouths shut. We sat there, just be quiet, blah, blah, blah. It went on and on. But there were studies. I, 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 I'm sure you've heard about the men who stare at goats. I I'm sure you know of the study that was done in the 60s with LSD and soldiers. Uh, I've actually seen the stalls. I know it actually took place. I've actually been to Fort Meade, Maryland, where it actually happened. I've actually seen the area in which it took place at. Um, that was kind of that astral projection type Let's see if we could see into the future through the human mind. Remote viewing. But at the same time that they were doing all of that, they were also um, the e uh, was it the EEG? Uh, it, they call it the sixteen ten test. I had about I don't know. I had about twenty eight of them done, where they actually tested the electromagnetic. Because uh, they put all sorts of plates and crap in my head. They did all sorts of weird crap to me. And for the longest time, I remember when I come home from those tests, I would touch her. And I would get shocked to Jesus, God, and become, I, I would sit there and go, oh my, what did you just do to me? But I have a very high personal electromagnetic field. Um, I'm an energy conduit because I have an excessive amount of copper in my blood because I'm RH negative. So in fact, I was going to ask you that when you treat your, your patients, when you treat your kids, do you take blood type into account or at least the, the RH factor? Because that does make a big difference in well, people. It's interesting because- you know, there's a lot, there's a lot not only written about the RH factor, but there's also written about A, B, and O, you know, whether you're A or B or O or AB. And, you know, that's the, you know, the blood type diet. But there are other antigens that are on the blood that may change the kind of diet that is meant for you. I'm, I'm a big fan of the metabolic typing diet, which actually goes, I feel, goes beyond the, the, um, the blood type diet. I'm not saying the blood type diet is bad. I think it works for a lot of people, but I, I, I don't think it's comprehensive enough for the way I look at things. I, I like the metabolic typing diet, in which case you really get to understand whether your physiology will benefit more from a plant-based diet or benefit more from an animal-based diet. And I, I love it because, because it has a lot to do with your autonomic nervous system, has a lot to do with your, your excitability, your type, you know, your sympathetic nervous system, your parasympathetic nervous system, uh, which is more dominant and which foods tend to support a more sympathetic dominant state versus a more parasympathetic dominant state. But most of all, I'm just a big fan of eating well-rounded diet. You know, I, I get crazy when we start talking about, you know, no, you have to eat vegan. No, you have to eat raw. No, you have to eat raw vegan. No, you have to eat fruit as a fruitarian. No, you have to be pescatarian. Meat's bad. I mean, I'm a big fan of a well-rounded organic, grass-fed, pasture-raised diet. And the more you take a holistic approach to eating, which means that uh, you love your food, you cook it with love, you eat it with love, you're not rushing, you're going to have a great amount of uh, nourishment from it. Uh, you know, I always say that, that I'd rather go to a place 
where people are sitting around laughing and having fun and, you know, the food isn't the healthiest, then be someone who's sitting alone, eating in a, uh, a vegetarian restaurant and making sure that the food is perfect and they're miserable. You know, so so the environment, the way the food is cooked, where it comes from, all those things are need to be taken into consideration because, again, it's the energy of the food. Uh, even look at the studies of taking food of uh, people who are angry and cook the food and what kind of an immune effect that has on you when you eat it versus someone who's full of love and cooks the same food and what that has on you. Um, it, it's it's drastically different. And uh, I, I think I think not only do we have to take into consideration the energy uh, between us, um, but we also need to look at food as energy and we need to look at the seasons and what foods are right for us in different seasons versus, you know, well, I thought avocados were good for you. Yeah, they're great for you, but, you know, they're a cold food and eating them in the middle of January when it's 20 degrees outside may not be the healthiest thing for your body uh, because we need to start looking at the energy of the food and the relationship of the energy of the person with the energy of the food. Um, and so there's a lot more to look at that than just, you know, well, I'm O positive, so I should be eating meat. Well, yeah, but how do you feel after you eat meat? Well, I feel like crap, but my blood type says I'm O positive. I should be eating meat. Well, you know, maybe we should look at the metabolic typing diet. Maybe we should look at the way you're cooking the meat, where you get the meat from, uh, how much you're eating, what are you eating it with? What time of day you're eating it? All these things which take into consideration the energy of the system, not just the two-dimensional A, B, O, negative or positive. Now, I, I, I've heard the crazy, like some of the crazy stuff out there, like what you just talked about, vegans and whatnot. But is there really such a thing that says, well, you're A positive, you should eat yeah. X, Y, and Z? Oh, yeah. Because yes. I have never yeah. heard that. I've always been taught, you know, the classic standard BS, which is the food triangle, which we already know is all crap. Yeah, um, it's upside down. Uh, I, well, it's I've agricultural. Heard. It's yeah. based on the Food and Drug Administration. Yeah. Correct. It's industry. It is industry, and it's all about money. Um, but it is funny because it always goes back to money. Even in the medical field, it goes back to money. Who, who's making the most money? Because why haven't we approved ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine for use against COVID? Because Because nobody's going to make any money off yeah. of it. But that being said, I've never heard anything about like, well, your blood type's this. You should eat these specific things. Thank God, because I'd be a completely boring person <laughs> because I don't know what A positive. It's probably a lot of grain and I, I probably I, shouldn't I drink do. beer. And uh, we I probably whole... do a whole lot of whiskey, but I do, especially <laughs> around this time of year. I go overboard with the whiskey. But a little I mean, bit. We, we do a Saturday show we call True Spiracy where we dig into the darkest conspiracy theories. So we just did a whole show on um, RH negative and, uh, and the, the Jesus connection. So um, I, I did find a whole bunch of, oh, of uh, did, diet advice on blood types on that. Did, so did you hear, did you hear this, this rumor? And I don't, I don't know it yet. So I didn't investigate it. So I can't claim it's true that almost every world leader is a negative blood type. That's true. That is accurate. Yep. That's, that's, that's absolutely not true. a, that's actually not that's, a rumor. That's not a rumor. That uh, is as true. long as it falls within royalty and certain bloodlines. Yeah. Understand there are 13 total bloodlines out there that actually are the ones that the original are pretty negatives. sure are the original ones that started from, 
Well, we don't we don't know. We there's, don't know there's exactly all, all kinds of theories on that. Um, but one of the know. big ones is like uh, Sinclair or St. Clair, as it's become known through time, which is actually Sarah, which actually is the daughter of Jesus to and Mary everything Magdalene. I found is the daughter of Jesus and Mary Magdalene. And there was a son, Joshua, which we have absolutely no idea where he went. He just kind of like disappeared one day and nobody knows where he went. We're not sure if he lived. He died. Back then, who knows? Uh, there's a lot of different stuff. There's stuff we found over time. It's uh, something I've dug very much into because when I grew up, I had a stupid comic book that said the Templars were the greatest guys in the world. And then I started researching the Templars because I was like, man, I want to be a knight. One day I want to carry a sword and go into battle with a shield. And yeah, no, no, I don't want to do that at all. But then I started looking more and more into the Templar and I got I got sold down that rabbit hole and I, I got to tell you more and more. I looked into it. I'm like, actually they were uh, from what I, everything I'm understanding right now, they were freaking heroes. How crazy is that? But you know, it's really interesting because I've seen, we've seen so many people come back to God or come to God. I can't even say come back to God, find God in the past two years um, in, in whatever religion it may be. Like they're, they're being drawn back to the spiritual because we are right. in a spiritual battle. It is a battle between good and evil. We, you know, it's, right. it's time to choose a side. And I know you guys talk about that a lot um, in your show. So from a, a bird's eye view, a 30,000 foot perspective, Dr. P before we let you go here, um, what do you, what do you see coming? And, and they tell me all the time, they call me, uh, they call me the mother of the apocalypse. Um, <laughs> they, they call me <laughs> like doom and gloom. You know, uh, they, they're like, Velin, not everyone is going to die. Well, technically, yes, everyone is going to die at some point. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so, uh, so what do you, okay. what do you see coming? What's going to happen? Well, you're right. I mean, we all do have a reservation at some point. Um, I have said from the early times of this pandemic, that uh, this is a spiritual war. And I have watched over the decades, at least the last 20 to 30 years, a complete uh, disempowerment of uh, the people where the external authority became the one and only bearer of information. And I, I have watched us externalize our, our knowledge and our truth and, you know, the Bible shows it, history shows it, that uh, peoples have often um, given up their, their power and worshipped false gods and false idols. And very early on, in like April, May of 2020, I started talking about it, where um, the, the government, the medical system, the media all became these uh, false gods and false idols. And there are many people who ran into the burning building that was disguised by the media and the government and the medical system as you know the panacea of the world. And little did they know that they were running into a burning building. And I definitely believe that many of those people are the ones whose awakening is going to help us get through this. But ultimately, this is a lesson in sovereignty, and this is a lesson in internal authority. This is a lesson in taking back what we have given away. And not that's all of us. We as a culture, as a world, as a consciousness, 
have decided that the, the people have the answer, that the bodies of institutions, the governments, the doctors have the answers. We as individuals have no responsibility. We have no accountability. And we don't have to do anything because we can rely on the authority of those outside of us. And this is a comeuppance. I mean, this is a real transformation of consciousness whereby we have given up our abilities to tap into our intuitive powers. We've given up our abilities to go through our own experiences, to uh, learn from our mistakes, from trial and error, from experimentation. And we have only held our knowledge base to the false gods and the false idols. And the, the true, true war is about those who take their power, who go back to really figuring out what's true on the inside so that when someone says something or you say something or you see something, your response is, hmm, <laughs> how does that feel? Is that true? I wonder if that's true. I'm curious where we bring back the ability to tap into our own intuitive powers and then bring back our own ability to investigate, explore, research, go through the trial and error, allow for the unknown and the uncertainty so that our answers are ours and we own them. And we know them because nobody can take away what we learned through our intuition and through our experience. You know, I say all the time that the, <coughs> the micro is reflective of the macro or vice versa. Yes. And everything you said there just, I mean, you could be describing what's gone wrong in medicine as much as what's gone wrong in all of society. Politics. That, yeah, mean, all of it. Geez. That's, I mean, that's where I feel like doctors are. They're just, they're, they're worshiping their false idols, their their gods of their science Fauci. that isn't science anymore. Instead of using their intuition and and using the tried and true method of this works right. and this doesn't. Um, so yeah, right. I. And what's so interesting is that we have this we have this generalized um, feeling. Well, they would never do anything to harm us because you know. And, and you'll understand the New York sarcasm. <clears throat> Nowhere in history have leaders ever harmed their own people, right? Yeah. This would be the first of its kind. I, I right. believe they, they call that the hero complex. And yes, you're absolutely right. And uh, there's no way that Hitler is going to hurt us. That's exactly right. what they or said. That, or that, right. And, and the tragedy is that, that we have done this to ourselves. We have turned our heads away from the corruption. We have turned our heads away from our own experience. You have hundreds of thousands, if not millions and millions of parents who know deep in their own hearts that their children were injured or killed by shots or by drugs. And we watched the external authorities tell them that their experience never happened, that they know nothing about what they're talking about, 
that it was just an illusion. And we as a population over the decades have said, yeah, I guess the external authority must be correct. And so we have watched our own experiences be ripped away and diminished. And we've watched ourselves say, yeah, I guess they're right. My experience didn't happen. And, and it's, so, it, it's yeah. really crazy that you brought it up that way because we, we've got a, a, a open chat room because we do this live just in case you didn't, you weren't aware. Uh, one of our guys just posted some stuff in here and I'm actually reading it right now. And he says, when Abraham, when Abraham came down from the Mount, he found his people worshiping false gods. He broke the tablets of the covenant and admonished the people and headed back up to ask for a new start again. I, that is Moshe. what Moshe. you just said. It was Moses. You, yes. It's what you just said is exactly what we're kind of going through right now. And and I want to, Vinland, I want to take it one step further because I was having a conversation with a friend today and I said, listen, there have been apocalypses before in history. And whether you believe the parable of Noah or not, it's still a very strong metaphor. When human consciousness ignores a higher morality, a higher power, a higher natural law, there are consequences. And all that was left from the flood was Noah and his family and the animals. And mankind continued. And until we rise to the occasion of truly understanding our highest connection and our highest gifts and our highest knowledge and where it comes from, we will continue to allow external authorities to kick our asses until we say no more. And so... I don't know if we're in another cycle. I don't know if we're in the last cycle. I don't know if we're actually going to exist as a, as a race. I don't know. What I do know is shit's happening and shit's going to happen. And there's going to be, there is already a massive shift in our empowerment and in our awareness and in our not wokeness, but in our awakeness. And that's happening. What it looks like, I don't know. Get on the train, look out the window, look outside, ponder, and let's see what happens. But just show up, for God's sakes, show up and be open to new things, uncertainty, unknown, curiosity, and be awed and fascinated by what's happening in the future. So, Doc, if people want to listen to the rest of this uh, and, of course, anything else that you, Dr. Sherry Tempenny, uh, who we're still working on getting on, maybe you can help <laughs> no, us I out have, with that I have, one. I haven't worked hard that. I, actually, Dr. P was was my uh, my first well, one. I, 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 knew, want, I knew I Dr. To talk, P was first. I wanted to talk to Dr. P more than I wanted to talk to Dr. T. <laughs> and, so, I, and honestly, Dr. P, I feel like, you know, Dr. Tenpenny and, and Dr. Merritt and Dr. Majay and um, Dr. Northrop. And I met Dr. Northrop. She's 
wonderful. Um, you know, they they all get all this. You know, they they're on all these different shows and they get all this attention and they they make all these big waves. You you need to do more of this. You need to you need to get yourself out there some more. I don't see nearly enough of you. I'm on a lot of podcasts. Go to my website. All right. So my I will, website and I will put on our show notes. Yes. Where is your website? Okay. So it's Dr. Pilevsky, D-R-P-A-L-E-V as in Victor, S as in Sam, K as in Kite, Y as in Yellow, dot com. I have a, an Instagram page at dr.pilevsky. I have a Telegram page, Dr. Pilevsky, Dr. Pilevsky. I have MeWe. I'm going to have Rumble. I have Odyssey. It's all over my website. I have twice monthly newsletters that come out with all of my videos that I've done. Um, we are, we Truth do critically social? thinking. I'm sorry? Truth social? Uh, not yet. Jeez. Oh, you mean <laughs> I got on there before you? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. No, I got, I got canceled from everything January yeah. 7th yeah. of 2020. 2021. 2021. Uh, and yeah. uh, I haven't been on social media. I finally, I just got on <laughs> within the last week because of our listeners. They were like, hey, log off and log back in. I logged off, logged back in. The next morning, I was in Truth Social. Didn't Couldn't believe it. I'm still 500,000. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm on CloudHub. I'm also on, I'll be on Unified, uh, U-N-I-F-Y-D, uh, which is a new social platform. Hmm. And um you know, there's there's in the works. I'm I'm working at a pace that I know is right for me. Um, I I do critically thinking with Dr. T and Dr. P every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, there's there's uh, critically thinking with Dr. T and Dr. P and the five docs uh, the fourth Thursday of every month. And we're planning a live doc, uh, critic, um, a live Five Docs event in May to be announced very soon. And I'm telling you, it's going to be kick-ass. I can't wait for it. The day's going to fly by. I already know it. And uh, you know, I've been in documentaries. I've been. I've done a lot of podcasts. You just may not have uh, heard about them in your circles, but uh, it, it's happening. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're here. And I can tell you right now, there's a lot of stuff that a lot of people, uh, not a lot of yeah, questions, we, but a lot we of people were, are asking how they get in touch with yeah, you. So, we'll, so you just answered them. I'm, I'm so going to put all, your, all your links, all your information in the show notes here. So, um, and one thing I want to leave you with here, Dr. P, cause I think you'll appreciate this. This is my, my, um, one of my most favorite conspiracy theories. I personally think that the jab, disconnects you from God at the genetic level from the source. And I'll, I'll tell you why I think this, and it's more than, and I've heard the interview, um, the Italian priest monk talking about it oh, and how, yes. how his priest yes. and all that. But I, I was there before that came out. I was there months before that came out because our kid now our 15 year old goes to a private Catholic military school. He is not vaccinated. Obviously a lot of his friends are, and I, I've, they're very active boys and I've, great fear um, all the time. And I, I know it's going to be rough for him, but he's learning Latin because he's in a Catholic military school and we're well, homeschooling. That and his father knows yeah, nine other languages. Too. And, uh, and uh, we're homeschooling our 10 year old who also wanted to learn Latin because his older brother was learning it. So we, we started breaking it down. So I broke down the meaning of dioxyribonucleic, last, uh, dioxyribonucleic acid in Latin so Dio is God. Well, she didn't. She asked me. And yeah, I did we it did for it her. together. So Dio is God, deity, Dio. 
Oxy is one. Ribo is truth or translator, but in this sense, it's the truth. Um, nucleic is inside and acid is fire. So it literally translates to the truth of the one God and the fire inside. And then ribonucleic acid is the translator to the fire inside. And then your messenger RNA brings the message from the truth of the one God and the fire inside you to the translator and back again. And mm -hmm. when you change that message, what happens? You are disconnected well, from the source. That is, that is well said. Um, that, that's, that's one of those mic drops that I, <laughs> I would agree with. Um, in 2005, there was a presentation in the Department of Defense where they yeah. actually talked about a vaccine that they could use to stop people from worshiping God. And so I don't think that's a, that's a, a coincidence. Um, I also want to say that this is not a vaccine at all. No. So any use of the word vaccine uh, attributable to this jab is a misnomer at, at the least. There's, there's definitely some sinister stuff going on with the shots. And there's definitely that, that monk was, was, I think it was a Greek monk who was very, very, very uh, open and vulnerable about his experience of taking the jab and feeling like his connection to God was gone. And, you know, we're going to have to, we're going to have to pick up some really interesting pieces once this is all revealed. And there's going to be a lot of healing that we're going to need to do uh, both in, in spirit and in body and in mind, because we're, we're going to have a lot of repenting to do for the degree of giving up our power and trust of these false gods and false idols. And I want to say, Mick, that you are correct. There's, because this is an experiment, there's not a uniformity in the shots that are being given around the world. So there are shots that may just be placebo. There are shots that may be a little of something else, shots that may be a little of something else. And who knows what the final kill shots are. But in October, November of 2020, I went on uh, Canada National uh, Podcast. And when I was pinned against the wall and asked, what is your opinion about this shot? And this was before it came out. I called it a murder weapon then, and I have been consistent ever since. And it's been coming to fruition that this shot is, is not in any way, shape or form meant to create health. And you could see it just by the policies, just by the strong arming, just by the lack of science, just by the lack of transparency, the fact that the company wants 75 years before they have to reveal any of the data, you know, and again, you know, we have allowed this, you know, we have kept, we kept, we keep taking drugs and shots from companies that have spent billions of dollars in fines for corruption in their manufacturing process and corruption in their fake science. And we keep saying, oh, give us more, right? We buy cars from companies that have purposely left out 
certain pieces that ended up killing people. And then we say, okay, find them. Now let's buy more from those companies. So we have a lot of atoning to do for many of our choices to permit a kind of life that has uh, time after time been uh, uh, very destructive to our own health. And so it's on many levels, many levels. We, we are definitely, although the rainbow will tell you that there won't be any more floods, uh, we're definitely in for some kind of flood. I, I, I can't say it any better. And it's something that I've repeated over and over again in this show, especially something we talk a lot about because uh, obviously we do a political based commentary opinion. Um, one of the things that I've said over and over again, we're at fault for a lot of this. Um, and no matter how you look at it, we are. Because I just watched the other night, what was the, uh, it's a new movie about opioids, uh, about the opioid addiction in the United States. And everything else. Yes. The uh, show. I, I, I just watched it the other night for the first time. And I sat there and I said, yes, we've gone back to it every time we turn around and there's a new miracle cure. Who are the first ones to run out and get it? That would be your sheeple. That would be all the people that are sheep at that point because they believe that this is going to be the miracle, miracle cure that saves everything. And remember, if and I'm sure you do, Doc, as, as well as I do, Dr. Fauci was one of the first people to ever come out with one of those miracle cures that killed thousands, thousands of people before they finally pulled it from, from, the, sh uh, from the shelves. And I'm sure you remember it because it was for nothing but AIDS. And he came out with AZT. And how many humans did AZT kill before they finally <laughs> removed it from the actual treatment of the HIV virus? Uh, thousands. Tons. It was like, uh, I think it was like we, we don't have enough hours to really review yeah. this. But before we, we said, yeah. oh, no, we can't get it. But when I heard that Fauci said, go get your vaccine, you went out and got it. No, he didn't say till after I did. <laughs> he, he didn't say till way after I went out and got it. But that's when I knew that there was definitely something wrong with this. And I was like, booster, kiss my butt. Yeah. That booster happened no, here. No, no, no on the boosters. And I feel like people are really starting to wake up. Even my my best friend uh, came over the other day. Not not you, Tara. My apologies. My other best friend. Um, <laughs> no, Tara, Tara's our invisible co-host. So uh, she's she's in our chat all the time. Um, but uh, she came over and at on Monday and we were talking and, and she's been jabbed. She's a pharmacy tech. And she was like, I, I don't, I don't think I want to get the booster. I I'm starting to feel like something's wrong here. And I'm like, you, you think I'm, I'm so glad you're finally listening. after right. two years. But Remember, I mean, you guys are parents. <laughs> yeah. You guys are parents and you know that you could look at your kids and you can say to them, if you do that, you're going to get hurt. Because you've had the experience. So you know the consequences of whatever they're choosing to do. Because your child has never had the experience, you telling your child you're going to get hurt is nonsense. Because it has no ownership in your son. And so he has to go and do what it is that you've already done that you've already experienced, that you've already had the aha outcome. Because he will never own that doing that could get him hurt unless he has that experience. And that's what I was saying before.
is that experience has been ripped out of our society. And so your friend made a choice, had an experience and became knowledgeable and owned something, realizing that without doing her own homework and her own research and using her own intuition, she gave up all of that because she worshiped uh, an external authority no different than you telling your kid, be careful. And so that's what I meant before, is we have got to support those of us who are going to need to learn from our experiences and develop ownership and knowledge based on our experience. And no one can take that away from us anymore. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, never been awesome. said better. And I know we kept you long, and, and honestly, I, I could talk to you for hours. And I'm so glad you came on the show tonight, Dr. P. Thank you so Thank much. You, I can't Thank tell you, you how much I appreciate it. We would love to have you back. Yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. But now, who's the Met fan? Who's the Yankee fan? <laughs> I'm so, the Yankee fan. Yeah, I, I grew up watching Daryl Strawberry try to snort third base. So, well, the third base line. <laughs> no, no, no. He was snorting, he was snorting the right field foul line. <laughs> yeah. He oh, he was a great player. He was a great he was. player. Great he was. player. Him and actually, uh, uh, I grew uh, when I moved down. We moved down here. One of the first jobs I had when I was down here, I worked for the Mets low A team, and it was the Savannah Sand Nats. And uh, they, uh, the first uh, guy I met out of there was, uh, uh, oh god, I can't remember his name. Lou. He, no, he was. Yeah, uh, his, do his, was his daughter was in the Olympics. Yeah, his daughter was. His daughter was a diver um, in the the Summer Olympics. Way back when, yeah, six 20, years ago, 2018, 20, 26, something like that. Yeah, 14. Yeah, um, his I'm name is Lou something. I'm trying to remember his last name. Yeah, it'll, anyway. it'll come back to me. He, he played, played for the Mets and the Twins, actually went to the World Series for both, uh, won the World Series with both. One day I was sitting there in the locker room, he walked in, he threw me a box, and he says, and I it hit me in the chest. I was like, what the hell's this? And I opened it up, and there's two World Series rings in it, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> and these things were, I mean, they're they're probably about that big around. I was like, and now I understand why you don't wear them. So he won. He won in '86 and '91. Yes, with the twins and the twins the, were '91. Uh, yep, and uh, he was. Uh, and that's for '86. '86. Yep, he won with both. But I think the twins were also '88. I think the twins won twice. <laughs> I, I'd have to look it up. <laughs> I, man. I think they won in '88 and '91. Oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure they won twice. Look it up. Look it up before we. Uh, I, he came home with all this Mets gear and I just had to make fun of him because I'm the Mets fan. And yet he's here, you know, wearing all this Mets stuff all around the house. So I was, I was, uh, it was quite hysterical. Now our yeah. son has gotten it because our 15 year old is six foot tall. Um, wow. yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Actually. No, are, are you an Atlanta Brave fan at all? No, no, most nope. definitely not. We're in Savannah. So it's almost like a different, um, it's almost like a different state, you know, it's like, it's yeah. like the difference between, um, upstate New York and the city, you know, it's, it's two totally different things. So, yeah, well, you know, that when people who are in the city say upstate, you know, they think of Albany, but when, yeah. when, when, when you really talk about upstate, it's much further. Uh, Watertown. Up. Yeah. Uh, where I yeah. was for Fort, a while. Fort Dunn. Rochester, Buffalo, Binghamton. Yeah. Watertown. Yeah. Syracuse. Yeah. Watertown. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Way up there. 
You, you on, can't baby. find that, can you? Come on, baby. Hold on. I'm finding it. Give me a sec. I'm right there. <laughs> Arizona Twins. <laughs> I, I'm looking for it right now. World actually, Series. I was looking up uh, Savannah Sand Sandnats, actually, just because I know he's going to be in there. Um, so you also, uh, a couple weeks ago, you spoke about uh, Kate Corrigan running in New York as well. Yes. Um, I've reached out to her team. She's going to be coming on the show here soon. Oh, nice. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we talk all the time about the importance of voting and supporting candidates that that we we're vetting that are going to stand up for us and um, and really uh, support our values and represent us because the, the rhinos in politics are absolutely ridiculous right now. So thank you for bringing her to our attention because sure. uh, I'm, I'm excited to find more candidates that are actually going to be um, not rhinos. Great. Great. Well, well, I, I will tell you that um, my sinister side says, um, elections are not elections anyway. Yeah. So um, yeah, we're pretty sure on that one too. We, we All right. I was close guys. Frank okay. Viola. Oh, Frank, Frank Viola. That's not Lou. No, no. I told you it wasn't Lou. <laughs> Frank Viola he broke his arm while he was pitching. Um, 1987 and 1991. I said 1990. I said he was 82 to 89 as a twin. He was 89 to 91 as a Met. There you go. he he didn't get a world series ring with the Mets. Uh, yeah, he's it's right here. Hold on. Uh, he, not only was he, uh, he was an AL Cy Young award winner in 88. Uh, he was traded halfway through in 88 to the Mets and he won the, uh, or I'm sorry, he was traded halfway through, hold on 87. He was traded halfway through in the season to none other than the Mets. Right. But the Mets won in 86. The Twins won in 87. So he got the Twins 87. Okay, so then, yeah, okay. All right. Hold on. I'm, I'm now I'm going, I'm just going off of Wikipedia here. So that's not, yeah, really the Wikipedia is stupid. Not the way to do <laughs> that. But hold on one second. All right. Well, we started with baseball. We finished with baseball. That's yeah, funny. Yep. Well, Frank I don't know if we're going to have baseball this year. Yeah. No, I heard they, they delayed it because they couldn't agree on money. Go figure. It's all Go about figure. money. It's the millionaires versus the billionaires. Oh. Uh, yeah. He, no, he won the 87 with the twins. Correct. And the, uh, what the hell's the other one? Where the hell did the other one go? I know he had two rings in there. That's all I can tell you about it. Well, no, whatever. The twins, the twins won in 87 and 91. The Mets won Maybe in 86. Maybe he won both with the twins. Maybe he won them both with the twins. That's possible. That's possibility. Did he come yeah. back? Did he come back to the twins in 91? Uh, he went, no, he went to, uh, he went to the, twi oh no, he won it with the Red Sox. That's, that's what, that's where he won it. When the Red Sox won it in 2000, that was his last year in the, the league. 2003, right. he was with the Red right. Sox. He pitched, I knew he wasn't with the Mets. Relief, then. He was a relief pitcher with, uh, <laughs> whatchamacallit, um, under, uh, yeah, the, the dude that came over from the Rockies, uh, and then his son went on. Actually, I got to uh, take some pitches actually from uh, the guy who could throw the knuckleball um, really badass from the Mets. Uh, brain he came injuries down. suck. Yeah, I hate my brain injury. <laughs> it really blows because I can't remember his name for the life of me, but he threw a 80-mile-an-hour curveball. And uh, he tagged me three times. And I oh, said, Oh, the Cy Young Award winner who went yes. to the Red Sox. Yes, 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 yes. He won the Cy Young and then they traded him to the Red Sox. That's correct. Was it Tim yeah. Wakefield? Not Tim Wakefield. No. Well, he played for the Pirates. 
He played for the Pirates as a knuckleballer. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Now I could talk baseball. I don't know if you're listening yeah, or interested. I know. So could I, but we've got a okay. show. We got to finish real quick. But we appreciate right, guys. On Doc. Thank you, Dr. We want Pete. you to come back on. Yeah. Uh, we'll send you, we'll, I'll we'll reach keep out. in touch. Okay. Good. Look forward Thanks. to it. Appreciate having you, sir. Stay well, guys. Thank Have you. Have a great day. Have a great right, day. Bye. So right. that was Dr. Plavatsky or Plavatsky. Plavatsky. I can't even say it. <laughs> Dr. P. See, I oh, told you you'd like him. Yeah. Oh, no. He's a, he's, yeah. I, I've heard of him before. I just yeah. have never listened. I know, I know you hadn't watched him. So, so I because the docs are, are are my wheelhouse. Kind of holding so. out there. Stand tall, everybody else. I, I know you guys are out there. Trust me, I'm not trying to ignore you. We just try to really concentrate on the guest. Yeah. Uh, but when I do see some stuff that actually adheres to the conversation, I, I'll bring it up. Biden sucks stuff. You rocked it on that one, minus your fact that it was Moses, not Abraham. Um, <laughs> and yes, four years of seminary. I now this is a story I need to hear. I'm very impressed by that. And you're still alive and you listen to us because normally seminarians run when they hear me talking. I had a seminarian, uh, this was a little while ago who was at our church and, uh, we always sponsor a seminarian. And the first time that he ever heard me speaking outside the church, he about fucking lost his mind. It was hysterical. <laughs> um, and stand tall, 1776, four years of Catholic school, and you got kicked out for apparently telling a nun to fuck off. I did that too. And you know what the nun did to me? She, she stuck a fucking eraser ass. in my ear, uh, which is a little weird. I don't know if you've ever heard an eraser oh. in your ear before, but it was a little crazy. Okay. Um, big pharma ads. Yes. Robin Marie. Hey, uh, I appreciate you uh, friending me on uh, Truth, whatever, Truth the, Social, Truth Social. Uh, uh, along with uh, Stan Tall 1776. He and I both have kind of got a thing going back and forth. Yep. All right. Well, Excellent. you're going to Florida. Be careful going to Florida there. And um, fantastic. Either way, uh, we're going to move right along. We're going to get right so, into this. Well, since uh, since we started with Dr. P and we talked so much about COVID, I do have one quick COVID story before we we get onto other politics stuff. Two actually, because that first one is is her too. That dumb con over there. Anyway, um, COVID brain is real. This is from the Daily Mail. Illness can cause regions of the brain to shrink and lead to cognitive decline. Uh, COVID infection can triple the rate of brain degeneration in middle-aged and older people. So they took brain scans of 400 people between the ages of 51 and 81 in the UK. Okay. The initial brain scans were done 38 months ago. The more recent brain scans were done within the past six months or so. Uh, Let me guess it looks like dementia. It does. And here's the funny thing. They don't say this in the article, but if you just if if you just break it down, the UK is very, very highly jabbed, especially in the cohort of ages between 51 and 81. All of these people were vaccinated. And, and the crazy part is when you look at the brain, one of the things that they look for, especially in um, uh, folks like me, folks like Tara, Tara, you, you get to look forward to this too. They're going to start doing brain scans of your nugget because what they're looking for is a breakdown or deterioration of the liquid around your brain because that is a good sign that you are going to suffer from dementia at an early age. So either way. Um, so pay they said, attention to that because yeah. that's probably what they're talking about right there. Yep. And that is one of the big parts of dementia is that liquid losing, you lose that liquid around your brain. I've already had a couple of these tests. They're not a whole lot of fun to go through. Um, they're actually fucking quite annoying. Um, and I can speak educatedly to it because I've had enough of them that I'm done with them and I don't want another one. And you can give me one when I actually have dementia. So, yeah, but they said declines were still evident in patients who had mild 
to moderate COVID or even were asymptomatic. But they never brought up the fact that these people are vaccinated because once again, nothing to see here. Of course, there's not nothing, there's never, nothing. ever, 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 ever um, anything. But yesterday I was listening on Clubhouse um, mm-hmm. to DeSantis and the Florida, the new Surgeon General mm-hmm. in their press conference. And they actually put it out um, just before, uh, even before they made the official announcement that. Florida is officially not recommending COVID shots to healthy children. Good. Not recommending. So definitely move to Florida. Stay yes. Tall, move, move to Florida. Move so to this Florida. This is his Nazi's response to DeSantis's saying. Is this where she calls him a Nazi? Healthy kids should not get COVID shots. Okay. So I guess this isn't where she calls him a Nazi. Because um, she called him a Nazi at one point. Well. Which I thought was interesting. A projection, anyone? That's what I was saying. <laughs> And then last, Florida Surgeon General says that healthy children shouldn't get the COVID vaccine. Is that a good policy? Uh, Absolutely not. Uh, Let me just note that we know the science, uh, we know the data uh, and what works um, and what is the most, what the most effective steps are in protecting people of a range of ages from uh, hospitalization and even death. The FDA and CDC have already weighed in and the safety uh, on the safety and efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines for those five and older. The recommendations are vetted transparently through a process uh, for uh, with a purpose so that parents can have confidence after consulting with their pediatricians or doctors if they would like about the safety. But we also know through the data that unvaccinated teenagers are three times as likely to, the, to be hospitalized if they get COVID mm-hmm. than vaccinated teenagers. So it's deeply disturbing that there are politicians peddling conspiracy theories out there and casting doubt on vaccinations when it is our best tool against the virus and the best tool to prevent even teenagers from being hospitalized. Go ahead. Fucking dumb twat. You know what? Seriously. You, you know what the, the telltale of that one was? Hold on a second. I want to bring you back to one part here real quick. Um, <clears throat> give me one second. I'm trying to bring it up so that way it's right there. Okay. I'm going to get you right to the point where he's done with his question. I want you just to look around real quick. Give me one second. Peter Ducey's double chin is really showing again there too. Yeah, it is. Man. He's a chub. He's so bloated. He's so chub. All right. So real quick, this is after he's done asking his question. Everybody look around at the other reporters that are the quote unquote reporters. Mm-hmm. They're not really reporters. I mean, we already identified that. But look around the room, how nobody's saying, no. Uh, hey, no, no, this is a good policy. Notice how everybody's saying, yes, you see that purple band on his wrist? That means he's been vaccinated. Yeah. Okay. That is what they give out to reporters in the press pool that show up in D.C. to go talk, to sit at one of these White House briefings and to listen to Piz Nazi run her fucking stupid neck. Okay. That little purple band. Everybody else in this room's got it. Everybody else is like, yeah, is that a, is that a good thing? Like, we're going to take our, our hints from you right now. Not yet. No. What are you talking about, lady? This is fucking retarded. Shut up. This is not something you should be pushing on the American people. Just throwing it out there. It just it's it drives me crazy when I see these press people who say one thing. They speak out of both sides of their mouth at the same time, especially on Fox News. Fox News is driving me crazy for it right now. Yeah, because they have not yet reported not once on the truckers that are in D.C. right now. Ooh. 
They have not reported not once on the truckers in D.C. Yet they have talked about Ukraine as if it were fucking happening like people were dying in mass numbers. Nobody's dying in mass numbers in Ukraine right now. Shit, fucking Russia can't even make it to Kiev still. What the fuck's the problem there? Does anybody else see a gigantic issue with that? You have a first world country going basically against a second to third world country in between the two. They have some technology. They don't have a whole lot of it. They don't have a whole lot of money either to boot. And then on top of that, they they can't seem to make it to Kiev. Why? Oh, don't tell me the fucking mud, because if I hear Sean Hannity tell me about the fucking mud in Ukraine again, <laughs> I'm going to take a gigantic shit in his mouth because that's bullshit, too. I heard Lindsey Graham went back on Hannity last night and doubled, Double, tripled tri- down. Quadrupled. And he said he has point. 90 votes on the Hill he said, for them to go assassinate Putin. He said that people in South Carolina support him, too. I don't believe that for the fucking. I think that's kind of. Ridiculous. I, I, I don't believe that for a fucking half a second. But I think that's all. So bullshit. now he's got, now ninety senators Absolutely want not. to assassinate assassinate Putin. Apparently, and someone's going to kill Putin. And we're well, fuck it. We're already in World War Three, so who cares, right? Whatever. Uh, I, I don't believe any part of that. I don't believe anything that comes out of Lindsey Graham's mouth. I think Lindsey no, Graham is fucking lying, kind of like just like every other Republican who claims yeah. that. Oh well, I love Trump. No, no he is trying to start the war that he wanted in 2016. He's yep. trying to start the war that he anticipated Hillary starting in 2016. And yeah, um, so one of our bigger issues that just came up today, and I'm going to let this idiot tell us all about it, just so you all can hear him go. <laughs> Look, let me be clear about uh, two other points. First, it's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. What? That's simply not true. Okay, I can bring up a CBS. He shut down literally like a thousand pipelines and then the Keystone XL pipeline. Go ahead. Sorry. He shut down Keystone where he turned off all the drilling and fracking that was going on in federal lands that he said that there would be no more oil permits handed out in the United States. He basically told Ohio, Texas, uh, South Dakota, South Dakota and Alaska that I don't give a fuck about what you all want. You don't get it um, and you'll like it. Yeah. And that's exactly how it went down. And that's where we're at today. So just so you're aware, this is the moron that's going around right now. Your gas prices, for instance, they this was just yesterday. Yesterday, I drove in and I was like, I don't really need gas, but I probably should fill up. So I did. It was $3.92 a gallon. Yep. Six hours later, I drove by the same fucking gas station. $4.09. It was $4.09 a gallon. $4.09. 16 cents in six hours. It's going up. 10 cents a day tomorrow 10 cents a day tomorrow here in georgia where normally we have pretty reasonable gas prices yeah we're going to be up over five dollars a gallon that's here in georgia are you kidding me it's going up a dollar overnight yes fuck because biden came out today just in case you didn't hear yeah yes we are going to stop importing oil from russia, russia. Um, well, you're a day late and a dollar short. You've already funded. I guess you've already got all the information out of Ukraine you wanted to get out, or they've already destroyed all the shit that you don't want to make in Trump's lap. So I'm pretty sure that Biden's done nothing 
to support Ukraine. And instead, he has made sure that his own personal interests have been taken care of, that the the servers that were there, um, that the people that were there from CloudStrike are because uh, uh, there were people that went and hid in Ukraine. Uh, they're dead. Um, the any server that contained any information about him or his son, that's gone. Um, and any other information that the Ukrainians weren't willing to share with us before, that's all been destroyed. And now Biden's got a clean record again. What do you want to bet that's already happened? And what do you want to bet the only reason now we're going to start pulling our oil away from or buying oil from Russia is because Russia's done everything that Joe Biden's asked. That's why they're still working with us in the background to create this Iranian oil deal. Um, if I haven't said it before, I'll say it now. Vladimir Putin, if he is still working with Joe Biden, he's either a very, 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 very bright person. And he is way ahead of Biden on this, and he's got something else in the works. And or Vladimir Putin is a window licker, and he's mentally retarded because he's letting Joe Biden run around him. Or he is uh, another puppet of Klaus Schwab, and this whole thing is just a setup. Or a puppet of George Soros. What the, Which one is one always, the same. it's the same but bird, he, two, two different two wings. Two the same bird. Here's the deal, though. And they're, they're all talking about your oil prices and gas is going up. We know this. And it, food costs are going up. Anything that comes on a truck is going up. What they're not really telling you, though, is about wheat. Yeah, well, uh, wheat is one of the biggest things that we... 25% yep. of the world's wheat comes supply comes from Russia. Comes from Russia. Well, Russia and, and Ukraine. Ukraine's Russia got and a Ukraine. lot of it too. But they're not exporting anything out of Ukraine right now because they're in the middle of a fucking war, or so they're claiming. So I don't see a whole lot of exports going out of there. Well, this is another one I'd love to have an answer from this idiot on. Yeah. Because I don't know how he's going to do this. I've made it clear the United States will share in the responsibility of caring for the refugees so the costs do not fall entirely on the European countries bordering Ukraine. I've made it clear the United States will share in the responsibility of caring for the refugees so the costs do not fall entirely on the European countries' border. What? What? Yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to start we're, taking we're care. Paying, we're so, paying for. Hold on a second. Yeah. We're not going to take care of our homeless. No. But we'll take care of the Ukrainian homeless. Yeah. And we'll refugees. take care of all of their European refugees. But yep. you, we're not going to do shit for our our homeless here in well, America. Most of Europe said they don't want the Ukrainian refugees. Hmm. They've turned them I away. I wonder why. They're like, no. And Russia. Okay. Our friend up. Do, in, do you our know? friend up in Connecticut actually was sending me this. He sent me some uh, some streams earlier. He sent me a picture. Um, they were reporting on CNN that uh, Ukrainian refugees were fleeing into Russia. Do you know that Germany will not accept any Ukrainian refugees? Yes. Why is that? I don't know. That's a great question. Why is that? Maybe because they're Nazis. Nazis. Yep. That's my thought. Yep. I mean, why wouldn't they take them? Yeah. They're, yeah. But uh, Russia is taking two million refugees. Um, yes, I I, di I didn't forget about the Russian fertilizers there, uh, Santal seventeen seventy six yeah, fertilizers and wheat, and that is huge, huge. Uh, my story or testimony might need a bowl, a bowl, a bowl, and a beer. Okay, well that's yeah. cool. Hey, we're, I'm down. We're down for light that. that shit up. Um, so uh, spark it up. McDonald's has ceased operations in Russia. Well, that's good. There's gonna be less gas in Russia now. Seriously, the Russian people are gonna be overall healthier. They're gonna get and healthier, better. Like can, can can McDonald's pull out of the U.S.? That would be fantastic. That would be that'd be great for us too. And what did Twats have to say about? Okay, this? and I want you to play this clip and the one after it immediately, one after the other. We're well, gonna. Play I don't know if I two, can do that. Two but back we'll to try. back. 
We'll try. Okay. Imagine a future. The freight trucks that deliver bread and milk to our grocery store shelves and the buses that take children to school and and parents to work. Imagine all the heavy duty vehicles that keep our supply lines strong and allow our economy to grow. Imagine that they produced zero emissions. Well, you all imagined it. That's why we're here today. Because we have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. As a young boy, I dreamed of being a baseball. But tonight I say we must move forward, not backward, upward, not forward, and always twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom. As a young I know that was kind of the same speech one right after the other. Holy shit. <laughs> I had to do Imagine that. all because the people. I was like, when I heard that speech, I was like, when I heard Camel Toe, I was like, wait, haven't I, haven't I heard this before? This sounds awfully like the Simpsons. <laughs> so folks, uh, uh, yeah, we've held, we've held everybody up for a long enough. Yeah. One real quick story I wanted to get to, uh, which I thought was really. Although uh, we did start late tonight. Yes, we did. Um, one of the quick story I wanted to get to really quick. Uh, this one came out of the Washington Examiner. Uh, it was by Tom Rogan. And this is really interesting. Uh, it says, Restoring America. At least two Iranians belonging to the Islamic Revolutionary Guards Covert Action Quads Force have been plotting to assassinate former National Security Advisor John Bolton, according to the Justice Department, an official with direct knowledge of the investigation. It couldn't be Jake Sullivan? I was wishing. <laughs> uh, I actually, I was wishing for somebody else, but... <laughs> The source tells Washington Examiner that the department possesses indictable evidence against the Iranians, but that Biden administration officials are resisting to publicly indict the men for fear it could cause or derail the drive for the nuclear deal with Iran, currently nearing completion in negotiations in Vienna, Austria. Biden's hope is to resume the 2015 JCPOA Iran nuclear accord. Former President Donald Trump withdrew from the United States, the United States from the accord, and Iran suspended its compliance. It is possible, but unlikely, that there are sealed indictments against the men. That the DOJ source said that there's seriousness of the conspiracy and the evidence warranted public indictment without delay. Sealed indictments would be usually probably unnecessary in this case, as they are usually used to prevent the target of evading justice. The Quad's force is fully aware of the U.S. law enforcement and intelligence attention uh, toward it and its members, so it's unlikely themselves to put themselves in a position where they would be arrest, uh, where, an arre- where they would be arrested with or without a sealed indictment. Washington Examiner is withholding some of the details of the plot against Bolton and the national security reasons, but the DOJ source described the highly specific terms and supporting a significant Revolutionary Guard reconnaissance activity that involved an effort to recruit an assassin on U.S. soil. A Justice Department official told the Washington Examiner, Examiner it would be categorically false to claim that this kind of, this kind of policy considerations would drive changing decisions. Long story short, can, can I can I see this real quick? The the big part of this. Go ahead. Neuro stuff. Yeah, we will. Um, either way, the big part of this is 
this was done um, within the last two years. Uh, I may or may not have somebody who might know somebody about this who may have already told me something about this. Um, this was done within over the last two years. And within the last two years, uh, there were a couple people arrested that we showed you a video of the other day. <clears throat> now, I cannot confirm nor deny that the two people that were arrested the other day may or may not have been a part of this plot to assassinate Bolton. However, I have been told within high confidence that when that arrest took place by the Secret Service, which is falls under the Department of Justice, yeah. understand that was not done without a whole lot of other coordination with other agencies. That being said, this article right here, it's weird how those two guys were arrested not more than four days ago, three days ago, and all of a sudden this article drops and I get to find out all this information that somebody else told me, keep your eyes on Washington DC because some shit's about to hit the fan. That's the shit we were talking about. Now I understand it and didn't really understand what, because they were speaking in very muddled terms. And uh, the app that we use to keep our conversations hidden from everybody else, we still talk in code because we don't trust anything else. Long story short, this is uh, going on and has been ongoing. And uh, I could only hope, only hope that this was going another direction. It wasn't. Unfortunately, I thought it might have been considering the secret service was involved anytime the secret service is involved you must think that it's the president the vice president somebody of that nature we can only hope which obviously this isn't the case here but the reason i i asked to grab this from you because you know i love to read over your shoulder the first sentence of the second to last paragraph in here caught my attention it says the attempted assassination of u.s persons in america by a foreign power constitutes an act of war it does uh, wouldn't the reverse be true? And the attempted attempted assassination of a Russian president, of a Russian president by uh, U.S. power constitutes an act of war. But he's not. You got to remember, he wasn't saying that the United States should do it. He said that someone in Russia should do it. It doesn't matter. Rules for I, thee, but not for we. I get it's it. The same fucking. I'm thing. not giving Lindsey Graham any fucking I, no, headway. No, I know you're way. not. I know Fuck you're not. Lindsey Graham. I I'm just, care less about I'm, Lindsey Graham. I'm like the hypocrisy is just ridiculous. Well, it, it's not going to get any better, folks. It's only going to get any. It's only. It's gonna only going to get worse. I know. So apologize. We didn't have a whole lot of news tonight, but. Uh, but we had got... an awesome interview with Dr. P. We really did. I've really been, I mean, I, I've been working on that one for months now. Folks, go listen to the <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah. Dr. T, Dr. P. Um, Critically that, thinking on I'm Rumble you, every Thursday. I'm telling you, even Sherry Tenpenny, because we've listened to her live and I've met her live and yep. she is an amazing woman. Uh, uh, she's got a lot of interesting takes on what's going on right now. Uh, definitely something to listen to just to, if you're bored on a Thursday night and you're done listening to us and you want to listen to somebody else, get their opinion about it. Great place to go. Um, and obviously I, I haven't listened. I mean, I might now because I, I see what they're talking about. I see what he was talking about. Every time she's brought it to me, it's always been about vaccines and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, I get it woman. I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> uh, I've had doctors tell me that forever. Now you're not going to tell me something I haven't I yet. know. And I'm still alive. So fuck you, Doc. That's because I haven't killed you yet. Either way. Yep. Uh, tomorrow night, we'll be back 630 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and we will be there for the whole yeah, thing. Just so us tomorrow. Full newscast. Full yep. newscast. Uh, everybody that was here, Tara, 
stand tall. Uh, Biden sucks stuff. Biden sucks stuff. Going up to Robin. Robin. I know you had to leave. I know you had to leave. Not a big deal. All we, good. We get it. Uh, we appreciate you popping in. We really do. I, I just want to thank you guys personally because I know you guys are always in here. You guys are always giving us shit, and I love it. Keep doing that. Don't stop. Uh, but uh, seriously, though, this is a uh, that was a he's he's a doctor, so it was. I thought he kind of oh, yes, Robin. Uh, oh, we thought you had to leave. Yeah, all good. Either way, uh, I thought it was I thought it was funny when he started cussing because I was going to stop him <laughs> and say, "Doc, you can cuss on this podcast I too." But I I, I thought he kind of figured that <laughs> he out. Figured it out. <laughs> and you know, it's funny when I hear a doctor do that. Everybody else cringes. I'm like, I don't cringe. But he's because, from New York. No, he's talking at my level. Yeah, that's what I love. I love it when a doctor who can sit there and sit down and have a conversation with you and say, you know what, fuck shit. Dick, but bang, you know what, pussy, whatever. I love that part. That's, I think that's, that's awesome. why. I, I, first off, I love I love listening to the Critically Thinking podcast, and I've only found it on Rumble. It's not on the audio platforms or anything like that. Um, but it reminds me in a way because it, usually it's just him and, and Doctor T, um, and they they have a, a conversation like they're two friends talking. Right? It's it's relaxed. It's comfortable. They give a lot of information, but it's. It's not exactly. They act human. Yes, exactly. They're human. They're they're not all stuffy and and you know prissy and and whatnot. Um, and I I love listening to Doctor Doctor P because that's that's exactly it. Like he talks to people. He's not condescending, right? He talks to people on their level from their level. He doesn't talk down to people. Well, I, I enjoyed that about the conversation. That's yeah. going to make me want to tune in now. So I might start listening. Yeah. And I'm just saying that that's a, that was a good thing to have that type of conversation with them. And anybody can be a fucking baseball fan. It has nothing to do with baseball. Trust me. No, I know. It has everything to do with the fact that when I brought up the whole fucking thing about the second that I saw baseball go woke, I turned off baseball, football, uh, shit. I, Almost gotten to the point where I've turned off college football, but college football has not gone woke. So, hey, not that yet. shows you the truth that, hey, go woke, go broke. It yep. is no bullshit out there. Either way, folks, we will be back tomorrow night, yep. uh, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be live again, Twitch, Rumble. Uh, I'm still working the foxhole issue. I just can't get a code for whatever reason, and I don't know. Maybe I haven't been accepted yet. Maybe that's the problem. But we will be on foxhole sooner than later. And I just appreciate you all coming out. Uh, we do have the greatest listeners of the world. Absolutely. You guys show up all the time. By far. Yeah, some of the greatest questions, and we get to ask those questions to people who don't want us to ask those questions. Yeah. So the next time we have a guest on. Thursday. If you, if you have a question during the conversation, feel free to ask it. If you ask it, I'm going to ask them. Yeah. If you don't want me to put your name out there, put in parentheses somewhere, don't put my name out there. I'm just going to ask the question. All right? Whatever you want to do, if you if it's got something relevant to do with the conversation we're having, I will go ahead and ask the question. And on Thursday, who do we have? Uh, Thursday, we have James from We The People Radio coming on. Ah, uh, yes. Yep. And then... Well, he's kind of co-hosting. He is going to kind of co-host with so us. So you can probably, ask whatever. He'll probably be on for the whole two hours because yeah. we're just going to... And we're going to shoot the shit and talk about the news. And um, yeah, so that's fine. Have some fun because yes. him and... Justin are good friends and yep. we can fucking find out what the fuck's going on with Justin. Why he hasn't been on. No shit. Because you know what? I've texted him today. And he never got back to me. I was like, Hey Dick, why aren't you on? Yeah. And he never got back. To I me. went looking for a show and it, it wasn't on. So I don't know right. if he's being advised by his lawyers not to go online right now or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. We'll figure that out later. Um, and then Saturday um, we will be broadcasting a previously recorded show. The Kovacs. Uh, the Kovacs special. 
um, it's hardcore. It's, it's be ready it's, for four hours. Yeah, almost four hours. Uh, the first hour is uh, quite the tearjerker. Um, we have a very special surprise guest coming on there, um, and then of course we have Janet and Matt back for you know bringing bringing yep. the old COVID crew. conspiracy crew back together. Yep. So, yep. We talked about it. we got deep in the weeds on some shit. So yep. Uh, and then the following Saturday, uh, we are going to be doing a conspiracy roundtable with some of our favorite conspiracy podcasters. So we're going to have a, a big group of people on Same there. here. I hope he's not in the gulag either. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Shit. I hope he can be on that conspiracy roundtable because that's... Oh, I'm he, hoping so. He brings... He and I share a lot of the same wave patterns. Yes, I know. I was actually really worried about him going on sh Josh's show, but... Then I heard them and they kind of hit it off the same way me and Josh. Yes. Did. But it was really funny though, because I was really cringy. I was like, Ooh, this is going to be cringeworthy, but either way. Okay. Uh, like, for the share, subscribe. Yeah. Like, share, subscribe. Yeah, absolutely. We yep. suck at that. So we do. We really do suck at that. Whatever. All right. Doesn't matter. Okay. Either way for the Mick and V Lynn, we will talk to you later and uh, we're not going to take it. Not going to take it. Thanks for listening. Good night folks.